0: Well, I often sit here on Monday and debate whether or not I want to talk about a particular something. And the particular something is my constant inability to listen to myself when I have good ideas. And I got to be—I I, I tout that the only thing I bring— Every week to this, hindsight 2020, post week 16 in the NFL, I always claim I'll bring honesty. But it's the one thing I don't want to bring because it seems like this is post week 16. It seems like 16 weeks of, hey, it's Monday. I lost money yesterday because I'm an idiot. And I don't want it to be that over and over again. I don't want the niche of this podcaster to be, I am the podcaster who bets on football, who's a moron. But I am. It's the truth. It is honest. I have created a discipline. I realize the games that I lose are games where I bet big underdogs. And I told myself I'm going to set a parameter. I'm no longer going to bet these big underdogs unless I truly believe that the favorite in the game can be flat. So yesterday I lost four bets. Three of the bets were the Pittsburgh Steelers, double-digit underdog, the Carolina Panthers, double-digit underdog, and the Washington football team, double-digit underdog. Now, I had a pretty strong handicap on Carolina. I bet that they'd be motivated. Well, gee, I should hope so, that you take a team who wants to play, which, by the way, didn't look like they really gave a shit. Cam Newton, final home game, maybe final career as a start. Kind of laughing it off as he lost his job to Sam Darnold. And, I mean, really... How dumb can I be that I'm going to try in one way with one bet to bet on both Sam Darnold and Cam Newton? I mean, seriously, there should be some kind of hole that opens in the fabric of space and time when something so dumb occurs. But here's the big problem. The Bucks were the team I was betting against. And my whole handicap was based on brady not having his weapons well i was dead wrong about any diminishing functions for rob gronkowski and antonio brown was back my whole stance on the the buccaneers struggling a little offensively was that antonio brown was a bigger deal than he was being given credit for so who cared that Evans and Godwin were out yesterday? He had Brown. He had Gronk, as Mike tried to tell me. The The Bucks weren't going to be flat in this game. They were coming off a loss. So I bet a double-digit dog I go against a really good football team who's motivated to play. Strike one. Now... The Washington game, I don't know what I was thinking. I had a big X written next to my notes. Why? Because it was Cowboys or Pass. It was the worst spot you could have ever seen for Washington. They played Tuesday night. This was back-to-back road games. They had COVID uh, injuries and guys on the list. Just chaos in the locker room. And the loss last week to Philadelphia essentially eliminated them from playoff contention. I knew that I might get a Washington team that was a complete dud. And nowhere in my notes did I have anything saying Dallas would be flat, but once again took a bad football team because it was too many points against a really good football team who was focused and had something to play for. The absolute, absolute worst atrocity of what I did yesterday was play the Steelers. Now, a light bulb came on to me during this game as I was cursing how stupid I am. Because I had talked myself off of betting Pittsburgh. The whole week I thought, oh my god, this is one of my famous... The Steelers will be hyped for this game. It's a great Tomlin spot. You got to play him, got to play him, got to play him. Now I heard other people in the sports community saying the same thing. And then yesterday I had a thought. This might be a Tomlin spot, but it might be the opposite. This could actually be a game where the Steelers are flat. I know it's the feature game at 4 o'clock. I know it's against the Chiefs. Steelers' big road underdog. typically this is a Tomlin flat spot, or excuse me, hype spot. But then I notice next week's schedule. At home, final home game, so Ben's final home game, probably final start in a Steeler uniform in Pittsburgh. and oh, it's Monday Night football. And oh, it's against division rival Cleveland who, by the way, just tanked their year with two straight losses so Pittsburgh can host the Browns and beat up on them one more time for old times' sake. That's the the Steeler hype game. That's where Tomlin will give the speech from Gladiator and have him ready to play. Oh my God, this is the flat spot. And I recognized it. And I got myself off betting. But then I noticed, oh, Travis Kelsey's out. It doesn't change my handicap at all, but now Travis Kelsey's out, so I'll go ahead and bet the Steelers. It was so stupid. It was absolutely idiotic. I talked myself out of a loser. And the light bulb that went off during the game was we always, as bettors, want to be so proud of ourselves for picking winners. That one of the things we fail to realize is that our long-term success is not only determined by the winners that we pick, but how many losers do we end up not betting? How many games can we walk away from because we're smart to see something? A light bulb goes off, a a trigger, a check isn't hit. All of a sudden, we realize, I gotta walk from this game. The result ends up it would have been a loss, and we saved money. It's another form of winning, really. I thought all week the Steelers would be up for this game, and everyone else did too. And then at the last minute, I saw what nobody else could see. I saw the flat spot for the Steelers. I bailed myself out. I saved myself a whole unit of betting that could have been better spent somewhere else. Like on Pittsburgh against Cleveland next week where they actually will be up for the game. And then I let some stupid factor that, look, Kelsey being out, that's a big deal. That should be factored into someone's handicap. But my handicap had nothing to do with it. And all of a sudden I interjected it so that I could try to be smart and win a bet when I really could have been smart by holding off and not betting. Shame on me. What? It's funny. One week after I have this realization about I don't want to play these big underdogs, my card has three giant underdogs on it, and every single one of them were going against teams who were highly motivated to win. I I don't know what to say. Frankly, I shouldn't be being so honest. It's a horrible reputation for someone who has, who, who is a tout, someone who claims to have some knowledge on sports betting, but I got to be honest, I think sometimes we're better at this than we think we are, but we just lack the discipline to follow the very rigid protocol that you have to have to be a good sports better. Contest yesterday went 3-2. You know, me and Mike had two games where we debated, and we basically said whoever is closer to picking the point spread gets the game in. I picked the point spread great in both the Carolina game and the Patriot game. Only problem was I had the wrong sides of the game. Mike actually had the Bills correct as an underdog, and... He had Tampa as the blowout lay the lumber team. Absolutely correct. Good on Mike. Unfortunately, they weren't in our contest. Now, I gave Mike a lot of pushback in the Cleveland Green Bay pick. But in all honesty, I don't think he had a bad pick in there. My power rating said at 7.5, Cleveland was the way to go. And I had concerns that if the game, if Green Bay got away a little bit, that Cleveland would give up. Wasn't the case at all. I think Mike was directionally correct on that game. I thought Cleveland played with intensity the whole time. I thought they ran the ball fairly well. And there were times where Green Bay was a little less, I think, than 100% all in on the game. So great call on Mike. Look, he did this without even knowing what the point spread would be. He just saw a Cleveland team that had a chance to win, projected they would be a dog, and did the exercise without piling over the actual number, just knowing that they would be a live dog. Hey, they absolutely were. They lost the game by two. You know, I thought I was dead wrong the whole game, at least in the first half when the Giants played the Eagles. I said, take the Eagles no matter what. And if I had looked at the line first, no way I would have played the Eagles. It looked like a defensive game all the way. And watching the game, it was a defensive game all the way until all of a sudden the Eagles just absolutely opened it up and what was a close game at halftime turned into an absolute rout. If I had seen the number... I never would have taken Philly. But this was kind of point of the exercise. Sometimes you just have to see the narrative without getting caught up in the number. The number can get you in trouble sometimes. Am I recommending you should play blind big favorites and say I don't even care what the number is? Of course not. But sometimes it's a good way to look at the games from scratch. Instead of burying your head right into the numbers and trying to shave through the fine points of half a point value here, half a point value there, sometimes just come in with a base. I like this team big. I think this dog is competitive to win. And then kind of let the numbers be your guide after the fact, after you've established opinion that isn't biased based on seeing the line. So Philadelphia had that one right. Mike had Cleveland right. I mentioned we ended up because of me getting in the wrong sides of New England and Carolina. And then we had one more pick. Oh my gosh, I'm glad I finally got one of these right. I had to go this alone. It was a busy holiday weekend. So I went on my own and earlier in the week, I had booked us for Cincinnati minus three. My thought was, hey, this is the line if Lamar Jackson is healthy in this game, and he might not play. So I thought if anything, the line was going to get higher and higher. Turns out I was right. The line closed at minus seven when journeyman Josh Johnson ended up being named the starter for Baltimore because both Jackson was out with an ankle injury And Huntley, his backup, was out of the game too. So this was the opposite. Where in the other games, we just tried to pick winners, choose narratives without even paying attention to the spread. In the fifth pick, I purely made a numbers play. I got three early in the week, thinking that the number on Cincinnati would move away from this value spot. And once I saw on Sunday that that had come to fruition, I executed the play. You know, I didn't pay too much attention to that game, and it's probably why I did so well. I didn't give myself time and space to overthink it. I'm becoming a much better sports handicapper, and I hope this show is helping you think out ways... That you can be better with your methodologies, with the things that you know. But sometimes we have to get out of our own ways. We have to be rigid in discipline, but we have to be free-minded enough to think things through properly. I know I need to be better, but I'm not going to stop being honest. And when I'm a dope, you're going to be the first to hear about it. And hopefully, one day, all the lessons from that dopiness will make me a true sharp square.